You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Lisa Keith, editor in chief of Meeting Place and Alt Meat. Welcome to this month's Meeting Pod episode dedicated to the meat alternatives market. Recreating the experience of dining on a whole muscle cut of meat has proven particularly difficult for alt meat companies to do. That having been said, the technology is advancing all the time. In our interview today, alt meat contributing editor Ed Finkel dives deep into the quest for whole muscle substitutes with Allison Fish president of Global Plant and Alternative Proteins for ADM. Hi, I'm Ed Finkel with Alt Meat News, and I'm here with Allison Fish, president of Global Plant and Alternative Proteins for ADM, which has come out with a list of trends for the alt protein market, and we're going to be talking with her about how these will play into the development of whole muscle meats that are coming out as we speak from a variety of companies. So, Allison, the first question is how ADM sees whole muscle developing and what role a supplier and processor like your company have to play in this dynamic. Sure. Thanks, Ed. I mean, as the plant-based industry continues to expand and as we want to continue to fuel its growth, you must expect that consumers' needs and expectations and demands around taste, texture, and functionality and nutrition are going to continue to evolve. And one area that we see as a great area of growth and opportunity and something that we're seeing increase in demand is a desire for whole muscle solutions. Um, And so as a result, ADM, of course, as a key processor and leader in this space, it's important for us to help figure out how to address that increasing demand. And so we're looking at innovation and how we bring ways to reproduce that texturization of animal-based whole muscle cuts. And when we're talking about whole muscle cuts, we're really talking about things such as T-bone steaks, as chicken breasts, even as much as like shellfish type texture, where you're looking for a firmer, more fibrous experience that really emulates a more animal-based protein type experience. So we see great opportunity and growth in this category. Just to give you a little bit of data, if you look at alternative meat meals versus traditional meat meals, today only about 33% of those meals are made up of whole muscle experiences on the alternative meat side, where on the full meat side, it's about 67%. So you're seeing like about a 50% difference or a 2x difference, I guess is a better way to refer to it. And, And part of that is really because of availability. We haven't quite figured out how to create the right product formats or the right solution so that we can provide those roasts, those steaks, those cutlets, et cetera, and really provide the consumer with more opportunities in that space. And what's interesting to note there as well is often whole muscle cuts are seen as perceived as more healthy, right? And so I think that's also, that's an additional appealing driver from a consumer perspective. So as a global supplier, you know, our role as ADM is really to leverage our deep knowledge and know-how, our broad, diverse portfolio and texturizing expertise, as well as our broad, you know, nutrition portfolio to really figure out how to unlock these solutions for the customer. We do have a really strong base in, in the traditional proteins like soy, wheat, pea, 
as well as chickpea and otherwise. And we're looking at how to texturize those through different, whether that might be high moisture extrusion or dry extrusion. And using different processing technologies, you can actually recreate different mouthfeels, different textural experiences. And then you combine that with our knowledge around formulation, color, taste, because what's interesting is you not only want to provide that sensual experience, but you also want to try to recreate the cooking experience, right? So as someone is cooking a chicken breast, you will also be looking at making sure that the aromas are being released through that experience. You want to see the change in color as one would experience with a traditional chicken breast as well. And so there's a lot that goes into, you know, these concepts and this innovation. And I guess as ADM, we feel we're in a really unique position to help solve this problem. Um, I guess the last piece I'd, I'd talk about is really next generation technology. And I know you wanted to go a little bit deeper on that, but we do see great potential in some of those new technologies and new proteins as well, as you might think about either fermentation type technologies and or you know cellular-based technologies. I think that combined with our core on plant-based proteins is really going to allow us to address some of these challenges. Okay. So let's segue then into the next question, which is uh, what are the prospects for novel protein sources like cell-based fungi and air being usable in a whole muscle cut application? Yeah. So we believe that novel protein sources such as cell-based fungi and air are key prospects in solving this problem in the future. And we're actively exploring them on all fronts. If in particular, as you think about cultivated meat, you know, that is one with the highest likelihood of being able to create that real meat experience without the animal. And that's why we continue to expand our relationship and our investments in companies like Future Meat Technologies so that we can support that innovation and be a key participant in that conversation, but also influencing and helping to bring our knowledge to that space, but then also our ability to scale and globalize to them in order to accelerate the commercialization of those opportunities. We know that, you know, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Future Meat Technology, but let's say, for example, they're working on a cell-based chicken breast today, as well as other cultivated meats to bring to the table and really looking at how to just, you know, recreate that exact experience, taste, texture, functionality, cooking, as, as I mentioned previously, and doing so without the animal at hand. I think part of the challenge there is, is price, right? Today, those prices are a little bit higher than consumers are willing to pay. And our data shows that in general, the plant-based industry is continuing to be slightly challenged by price points. And so it's something that we're also looking at addressing is how do we continue to bring more meat-like opportunities and more meat-like products while having the right price points, which can be more broadly acceptable to the wider audiences. If you look beyond cell-based, fungi is probably a closer technology, whether that's fungi, like a mycotechnology type fungus. And here, you know, they, you can really create that fibrous texture, which is kind of perfect for more of the whole muscle type applications and product formats. And what's also been interesting about fungi is a lot of the fungi actually has more of an umami flavor already inherently built into the product itself. And I'm not, you know, it comes from either the mushroom background and even the fermentation that it goes through that really allows it to address some of those 
texture, taste, and mouthfeel experiences that one expects from a traditional meat product. So yeah, we see great opportunity on cell-based and fungi. I think air protein or air-based proteins are still a little bit further out there, but we also expect to see great rewards from their efforts. And we're working closely with them to ensure that we can bring those to life. So does it appear that cultivated or cell-based meat may be more easily formed into a whole muscle cut, uh, you know, vis-a-vis ground products? Yeah. I mean, of course, as mentioned, cultivated meat is perfectly suited for larger whole muscle products like chicken, breasts, or steak. And they can nicely complement the ground and smaller formats that we're already very successfully achieving, I believe, with the plant-based options that we have on the market today. You know, formulators are always seeking out the best methods to create those alternative offerings and really, again, still focus on that taste, texture, performance, but also nutritional profile. And they're constantly comparing it to that gold standard traditional meat product to figure out how to best complement or best come into the market that way. Of course, as I mentioned around previously, there are some questions around cost. And so, you know, working feverishly to figure out how to bring those costs, that cost structure down. And then also thinking about consumer acceptance and the regulatory situation is something that may or may not slow down or accelerate the commercialization of cell-based options. So you have to keep all these things in mind as you think about time to market and when these opportunities will be available for consumers. At the same time, we've seen some pretty big shifts in consumer acceptance. If you you look out there today, about 68% of global consumers are now showing interest in lab-grown meat adoption, that's up almost twofold in over a couple of years. So I think as the conversation evolves, we're seeing consumers you know, more open to cultivated meat and cultivated cell-based options. So I think that's pretty exciting and a big shift and change. As you know, there's already been some launches in Singapore. And so we're expecting there to be perhaps even a more rapidly changing perception from that angle. And then you have the regulatory approval piece, which I think, you know, the conversations are going well and there don't seem to be any immediate hurdles, at least not in the near term, but there's still some work to be done on that front. So at ADM, you know, we continue to research the best solutions and we think cultivated cell base is top of the list. It may be just a little bit further out in terms of scale, globalization and, and mass adoption. But again, it's all about improving that functionality, that texture, that nutrient density, and really looking to figure out how to do so with price parity in mind as well. Do you think that fermentation of substances like mycoprotein lend themselves to whole muscle cuts, given that they grow into a predetermined shape, or would they face difficulty in mimicking the complex elements of whole muscle animal protein? And would, would doing it in conjunction with other technologies help if the latter is true? Yeah, I mean, mycoprotein is a very promising technology. It's got the right texture, inherently the right texture, inherently the right flavor, right? So that umami flavor is just lends itself very easily to those meat alternative options. We do think there's some really interesting opportunity as we think about combining mycoprotein with some of those traditional plant-based proteins, right? Because at the end of the day, it's really about figuring out how to create the best experience for the consumer and finding the right balanced mouthfeel, the right balanced taste, even those nutritional requirements that the consumers have is super critical to driving the adoption and to keeping the customer brand loyal or or engaged with the product itself. And so finding a way to combine 
plant-based proteins with microproteins to help achieve the perfect texture, whether it's softer or more firm or that desired mouthfeel is what our team is working on. And so we have a team of, you know, of strong R&D team working with formulators and our culinary team to really maximize that potential. But I think there's a lot of great opportunity. And I think that's, you know, very much around the corner. I think we're already seeing some of those options come to market. And now it's about figuring out how to work with these organizations to find scale and find the means to get those solutions into more products out in the marketplace. The other interesting one is really precision fermentation, which I know is it's you didn't quite gear the question that way, but I do think it's another key technology that can be used to produce great tasting, highly nutritious, and even potentially even more environmentally friendly products. You know, we have both fermentation and mycoprotein on our innovation map and continuing to explore how we create differential value using both of these technologies. But we believe that fermentation ultimately can help us achieve better and potentially more customizable nutrition. So that really gets us, you know, moving beyond the taste and texture experience and looking for more of those healthy solutions uh, that consumers continue to ask for. So if you kind of step back and reflect on the industry at large, we sort of indicate that in, you know, 2020 and 2021, it was much more about how quickly can we get products to market to fill the shelves for the meat alternative space. I think at this point, people would say there's enough products on the shelves and now it's about how do we make them better, right? How do we bring the more nutritious options? How do we bring the more enjoyable options? How do we bring the right combination? And so I think both mycoprotein and precision fermentation will help us do that. So is the quest to create whole muscle cuts out of meat alternatives something that lends itself to greater sustainability related vis-a-vis ground plant-based substitutes? Yeah, I mean, at ADM, you know, we're continuously innovating and looking to identify new ingredient solutions and technologies and processes across all the categories, including whole muscle offerings. So that's, you know, it's not specific to whole muscle offerings. And, you know, one of our key intentions and our ambitions is to bring this innovation with more nutrition, more delicious, but also from a more sustainable process. And as a company that's really integrated from farm to fork, we feel that ADM is in a unique position to help bring more sustainable or to help create more sustainable food systems. So we don't necessarily think of it specifically to whole muscle, but we do feel that the more people that we can convert to a plant-based diet and to be able to do that, you need to have the right offering, right? The right taste and texture and nutritional offering. And the more people we can convert to plant-based, the more sustainable that is overall for society. So in the end, I don't think specifically whole muscle on its own helps us do that, but it is an enabler to hopefully expand the category to a broader set of audiences. You know, today already there's what there's, you know, what is it? 50, 60% of the population is claiming to be flexitarian. We want to continue to expand that category. We want to continue to bring more solutions to that consumer segment so that they stay engaged and want to participate in and want to further expand and move more plant-based overall. And so in order to do so, you've got to keep diversifying your options. You got to keep improving your options and whole muscle cuts is one of those key areas of growth and gaps that still needs to be addressed. All right. The next question then is maybe the most important one. I don't know whether whole muscle cuts can play into kid-friendly products, whether the technology can help whole muscle plant-based meat because it's more attractive to kids and thus they're flexitarian parents than conventional meats. That's an interesting question, right? Because it depends on, you know, your kids in particular, but you know, kids can be some of the most discerning consumers out there. 
And, and I have, you know, had these experiences with them where, you know, they will be more picky about what you put in front of them and how similar it is to what they're familiar with than what they're not familiar with. So I think a lot of it has to do with familiarity. But at the end of the day, you know, 70% of plant-based consumers out there are looking for more whole muscle solutions. And so as a result, you, you have to expect that that's definitely, you know, important to the kid factor as well. Today, kid-friendly meals lean a lot more towards like chicken tenders. They lean towards fish strips, shredded meats, which, you know, definitely have a different texture requirement than something like a burger or even a meatball or, you know, ground beef. And so I do see whole muscle plant-based meat solutions as being really important to continue to expand the kids' space. I don't think it's the only answer. I do think, again, taste is still critical and nutrition is still critical. I know that in particular parents are looking for, you know, higher protein diets for their children. They're looking for lower sodium diets. They're looking for allergen-free type opportunities and solutions. And so to that end, you know, even with our current portfolio, we're trying to address that specific need. You know, we just we're launching right now a new product in Archon T line where it's really focused to be used in chicken tenders and chicken nuggets. It's looking to provide that better bite and that chew. Those these are you know experiences that we know really resonate with children's preferences. But we're also launching it as a low sodium product because we understand that parents are also concerned about you know sodium and sugar levels. And so we're trying to figure out how to address that child experience preference with the parent nutritional needs. So I think there's still lots of room to grow, but we feel like there's we're evolving in the space as an industry. We're trying to prioritize the most critical aspects. And we do believe that the kid-friendly products is a key space to invest in. Do you see opportunities for whole muscle cuts lending with ethnic cuisines, given that many are sort of designed around ground or small dices of meats? You know, I'm thinking about using it in ter- as an ingredient rather than as a center of the plate item. Ethnic, ethnic food and ethnic cuisines, you know, continues to develop with consumers and, and the need and the desire for diversification on flavors is, as we know, becoming you know, much more prevalent as we globalize. At the same time, we also recognize that being regionally nuanced and specific is really important to creating a stronger appeal throughout the globe and in different regions. And we do believe that whole muscle cuts options can play a role in that. But we think of it more as, you know, more like maybe a whole muscle schnitzel that could be offered or even a plant-based shawarma where you can really think about diversifying even further using whole muscle texture. So while there are many dishes that use ground and diced meats, we, you know, if you look broadly, there's a lot more areas to grow and, and to play in relative to whole muscle. You could think about, you know, many cuisines are already diverse in their meat and an alternative meat options. And there are several protein forward products already in those new formats. You might think of there's like a diced whole muscle or cubed in soft, less fibrous type structures, even tofu, right? Tofu and tempeh, they're already playing a role in that today. And so it's how do we take that to the next level and create a little more structure or a little more texture to enhance many of these dishes. As I mentioned previously, you know, ADM is is committed to creating familiar ethnic tastes and authenticity in the meals that we provide. And given that we have this vast portfolio of not only plant proteins, but also wholesome ingredients and flavors and whatnot, we believe we can really create those prototypes and those end systems and solutions for our customers 
to diversify and expand into this category. You know, it's really, it's a focus on culinary forward, multi-sensory experiences. You know, these are the types of things that are continued to pull in new consumers into this flexitarian lifestyle. And, you know, by offering more diversity and a little bit more consistency and perhaps even substance to the meals, we believe we'll be able to expand the category even further. So while it's not, you know, a number one or key priority, we believe it is just another area of growth and opportunity for us to help the industry move and provide better options. The last area that's kind of interesting in this space is hybrid solutions and hybrid products. You know, we've had a lot of success working with our customers and and their product developers to bring whole muscle solutions that use both traditional meat as well as plant-based meat or plant protein, sorry. And so you can see that, you know, combining these two actually allows you to get the best of both worlds. And so hybrid products such as pastrami's and chicken milanese's and things like this can really provide the flavor, the juiciness, as well as the textures that consumers expect. And so it's an area that we're continuing to explore and work with a number of our key customers on, but it's seen some really nice progress in the last couple of years. And what we like about that is that it can still capture some of those flexitarians, right? It may not capture the vegans and the vegetarians, but there's, you know, given this large growing flexitarian consumer segment, it's a nice alternative option to traditional dishes as well. So do you see as whole muscle rolls out, do you see it capturing greater percentages of one age group versus another, as opposed to the ground plant-based offerings. It seems like the younger generations so far are going more for the ground offerings. Do you think it will still be the millennials, the Gen Zers, or do you think Gen X or even boomers might get more involved in the whole muscle? Yeah, this was an interesting question. I had to think about this one for a little bit. You know, I don't know if a product format is more appealing to one generation versus another versus maybe the type of eating experience or the type of occasion that they or how they engage their food consumption might be more the driver of the choices. If you think about it in a sort of from a different angle, you do see that Gen Xers and boomers are more likely to be making food from scratch today, right? So they're more likely to go to the retail store, make food from scratch and in traditional meals, that would be more likely a whole muscle option, right? That would be like 66% would be whole muscle option in a traditional meat option or meat meal. Whereas when you look at the millennials and the Gen Z, they're looking for a little bit more convenience. They're looking for speed. They're more likely to be doing food service, you know, dining in a restaurant and or buying already prepared food. And so I think that tends to lend itself a little bit more to the ground meat or to, you know, the the beef burger sausage type options. That being said, that might evolve as they get older, right? As they tend to, you know, take more time out, build a family, want to spend more time, you know, preparing food and engaging their food. So at this stage, we don't really see the product format as being the driver of that decision by generation, but a little bit more about how are they enjoying their food today and the ways that they're shopping for the food as well. So perhaps it's more of a channel and and occasion experience rather than specifically product format experience. But again, I think there's opportunity to grow in both in all across all generations because we just haven't quite provided the right solutions yet today, but do expect that the more we work on this, the more we can bring the right solutions either through plant-based extruded products and or with next generation technology. Okay. And then one last question, Allison, which is, uh, do you think that whole muscle plant-based meats could eventually become tastier or more appealing to a broader audience than animal-based meats? And if not, does it really warrant the investment in technology? I'm guessing you do, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't be in this industry, Ed, if I didn't think it warranted the investment in the technology. But, you know, the category is evolving quickly and the plant-based offerings are getting better all the time. Definitely, you know, improving on the taste, the texture and the performance is key. As mentioned earlier, we were focused on speed for the last couple of years and now it's really about improving on quality and nutrition. And, and that's really on us to make that happen for the broader consumer base. But our intent is more to expand the category and continue to provide that optionality. We're not looking to completely replace or eclipse traditional meat products. We believe that you know, there's going to be a high enough demand for protein in the world over the next you know, 10, 20, 30 years that we need all of it. We need the animal-based product. We need the plant-based product. This isn't one versus the other. If we assume the, the growth rates of the past and, and we look at projections of what food will be needed in the next 40 years, we have to produce the same amount of food in the next 40 years that we would have to produce over the last 8,000 years to achieve these or to be able to meet these population growth. And so finding alternatives and, and extending beyond our conventional sources of protein and nutrients is absolutely essential, right? There's just no other way to do it. So to us, plant-based is really about the complementary aspect of it, expanding options, optionality, providing more nutritious, more sustainable options. And to be honest, we're just excited to continue to be a leader in this space. You know, having been, ADM has been in the space for decades, you know, over 60 years. And, and I think we bring a lot of great knowledge, know-how and focus in the right areas to really bring the right innovation and solutions to markets. So whole muscle is just the next step in that direction. And we'll continue to look to and challenge ourselves to be better and bring better options to the consumers. Okay. Well, Allison, thank you so much for all of your time and input. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate it as well. Allison Fish and ADM are pushing the boundaries of alt meat technology so that consumers can have their steak and eat less meat too. Our thanks to Allison for sharing her expertise with us today. You can read more about ADM and whole muscle alt meats on our website at alt-meat.net. You can also go there to subscribe to our twice-weekly newsletter and bi-monthly print magazine dedicated to the business of alternative meat. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net. <laughs>